0: It's another edition of the Dave Pash podcast. I'm your host, Dave Pash, ESPN announcer and Arizona Cardinals play-by-play voice. Today, our guest is Colt McCoy, Cardinals quarterback who started the last three games providing wins over the 49ers and Seahawks. Great dialogue with Colt, talking a number of subjects, including what it was like to be back out on the field, how that continues to drive him and rejuvenate his love of the game. Getting to play three games, all of a sudden, you just feel like, man, I like I really enjoyed that. You know, it's been a while. His relationship with Kyler Murray and his role as mentor to Kyler and to others in the locker room. What it's like being the elder statesman and what a veteran of our military told him that gave him and all of us listening at the time chills. Colt talks about his family, being a father of four, Mac Brown is head coach at the University of Texas, and whether coaching is something that Colt would like to do down the road. We are presented by BetMGM, the official sports betting partner of the Arizona Cardinals, and by Gila River Hotels and Casinos. Sign up for BetMGM today using code CARDS1000 and get your first bet risk-free up to $1,000. New customer offer, paid and free bets. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. 21 and over, Arizona only. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP. Now, our conversation with Cardinals quarterback, Colt McCoy. Colt, first of all, the Cardinals wouldn't be 9-2 and two without you, and I know that you're not going to sit here and take credit on that. I'm not asking you to. I, I texted Cliff after the game and said, hey man, I'm happy for you, and he said, I'm happy for Colt. What's the last three weeks been like for you? Two wins, one loss, you get injured in the loss, but to come out of this 2-1... and one, with road wins at San Francisco and at Seattle in division games, I assume overall you're pleased. But what what's this been like the last three weeks, this journey for you?
1: Yeah, it's been it's been fun. It's been several years since I was able to play three games in a row in the league. Um, so you know, you always say like, Well I'm I'm prepared, I'm I stay on my routine, I do the same thing every week. You know, and for the most part that's right. You know, you just now you're getting reps in practice, now you're getting ready to play in games. Um Was a little uncertain at times because you didn't know if Kyler was going to come back if he wasn't so I just tried to stay focused on my job and executing what we've been able to do all season and and I looked at it as look, this is this is why Arizona brought me here this is my role this is my responsibility to be able to come in here and play when called upon and right now that now is the time Uh, so I, I, I did my best to approach it that way and Play with confidence. We got a big win on the road in San Francisco. Uh, we sort of laid an egg against Carolina. I I certainly didn't play my best. A lot of reasons, you know. I just as a whole we didn't play well, you know. So going into the Seattle game, I did think Kyler was going to play. I didn't know for sure. But now that that's over, I'm I'm grateful that you know Kyler gets two more weeks to get healthy. That we pulled off a win in Seattle. That I was able to go play and perform. And help our team you know rebound from the loss against Carolina and put ourselves in position to be where we want to be as we move forward to the second half of the season and, and letting us enjoy Thanksgiving in the bye week and a lot of positive things there but good teams you know don't let one turn into two and they just they they rebound from those and they they respond and uh, this is a good football team and I'm grateful to be a part of it.
0: So we had Kurt Warner on this podcast and I've worked four years with Ryan Greasy in four years with Greg McElroy in college football. And those three guys have all been in a similar situation to you where they've been a backup at some point and had to be ready to step in and be a starter. And we always hear the cliche of, well, you have to prepare as if you're going to start. What's that like when you're going through the week and you're not the last three weeks, but on a normal week where you're not expected to play, how do you mentally stay sharp? And what does that look like? Take us kind of inside the mind, and kind of the daily activity of the guy that's the number two?
1: Yeah. Well, it's it's very mental. I think throughout my years I've I've put a routine together of, you know, how much tape I watch, how, how much I break down the opponent, how much I study our game plan and how we want to operate this week because Cliff does a great job with scheming and our plan and going against our opponent. There's new stuff every week. And then the physical part of staying in shape, right, like – working out, uh, getting your wind right, knowing that you're not going to get any reps. Uh, And then a lot of what I do is I listen. I listen to Kyler. I listen to Cliff. I listen to Cam, our quarterback coach. I listen to, you know, we go to practice, and then we come in the meeting room and we talk about plays and like, well, if if this happens here, we want to throw the ball here. And I'm just writing it down. And I'm watching how Kyler runs these plays and how he operates and talking to him about it. And sometimes he's asking me what I see, how I see it, what – timings of motions, landmarks and of routes, like little things like that. And I'm communicating with the receivers and the tight ends and the O-line. And it's a lot, right? It's it's a lot to force yourself to do every week knowing that, sure. hey, you know, there's a chance I'm, I'm probably not going to play this right,
0: week. Right. but This may be for nothing, but yeah. I have to do it, and yeah. I have to set the example for Kyler too,
1: right? Exactly. But the reason that I do it is because, one, I love the game and I, I love the process, but two is because – when that does happen, you want your teammates and guys, you've never been out there with them, so they don't really know, but they've seen you every day. They see your process, they see how you are at practice, they see your, how engaged you are. like you know when they come and ask you a question, you are an extension of Kyler's. Well, I'm going to tell you exactly what Kyler wants right here. This is, this is how he sees it, right? And so I just that's what I try to do, right? And by no means am I perfect at that. I'm, I'm constantly learning and evolving. That's sort of my approach every week. So that when it, you know, if it's the fourth quarter and something happens and you gotta go in and play, like nobody, nobody blinks. They may be uncertain if you're gonna be able to get it done or not, but I'm gonna come in and just do what I'm coached to do, and, and, I, and I'll be
0: prepared. I've heard stories going back to camp, actually going back to when you were signed about your relationship with Kyler in terms of him looking up to you growing up. I mean, if you were growing up in Texas when you were in high school, and then when you were in Austin. Every young kid would know who Colt McCoy was, and I remember Michael Bidwell even saying, "Of all the moves we made, that's the best move, bringing in Colt McCoy, not just because that in a pinch, you could go in and win games, but because you can mentor Kyler. How has that relationship grown, you and Kyler, and how have you seen him change since you got here?
1: Yeah, it's been really good. I didn't really know, I had met Kyler before I hadn't spent a lot of time with him before I got here. He is also as a Texas high school football player, everybody knows Kyler. I mean, I don't think he lost a game in high school no. in Texas, right? No. <laughs> so everybody, you know, he's a two-sport athlete, Heisman Trophy. I mean, everybody knows Kyler Murray. I'm fortunate in, throughout my career to have been a starter in the league for several years, to have, uh, have been a backup, to have guys who backed me up that really impressed me and helped me and um, some who didn't. And so I, I know, like, how important a quarterback room is. Been in some good ones and some, you know, some ones that needed some help. But the first things first. Like I, I wouldn't have signed and kept playing if I didn't think I could play. Right? I still want to play. I still think I can play. I love the role and the situation that I'm in. But secondly, it's important to have a good, trusting quarterback room. Uh, Cam does a great job with us. I came in and started learning. First thing I did was just watch our games, watch Kyler how he, like he does some things that's like dude, I can't do that. Like <laughs> Nobody can. I told somebody, like we, Cliff called a quarterback draw. You know, they hadn't played a bunch of man, but in the second half, they were switching things up in that last drive to go score. They showed me different looks almost every play. Right. And so he called in a quarterback draw. And I was like, huh? <laughs> <laughs> and so it worked, right? We, James made a nice block. We, I got through the line of scrimmage and I was like, the only difference between me running, I got the first down. Kyler probably would have scored right there. Right. <laughs> <laughs> So, I mean, there's things that Kyler can do that I, I, I just can't. But I I know how Cliff sees this offense and how he wants it to work, and I trust in that. And I think the guys trust in that too, and we were able to do that. But going back to Kyler, like, our relationship has been great. Kyler is so unique in how he sees the game. Like, it's, it's very impressive. He's very smart, and he, he plays with feel. Throughout my years and watching other quarterbacks and – talking to guys in the off season and some of the guys i've played with are just very routine and structured and they know the game so well they're great at situational football they study it they were and kyler is at the top of the list on, on a lot of those things like he sees it right he plays the field he knows the coverages and structures and he knows how cliffs wants the, the offense to be run. um so a lot of the things that that have happened this year is me like me i'm learning too like i there's some things he does that's like impressive to me and I want to I want to incorporate some of that if I can. And I think there's some things that I brought to the table, some some of the things that I have seen or or I like or a few plays here and there or that Kyler's implemented. Right and so it's it's been real healthy. Um I know how bad Kyler wants to be out there. For him to miss 3 weeks, he hasn't really missed a game in his career like I know how bad it's been hurting him and I want him to be back. Everybody wants him to be back. I'm thankful that we were able to win a couple road games in our division. You know, we have the best record in the league right now. We have sort of our goals in front of us. And hopefully Kyler comes back healthy, and, and we can just continue to play good football. And I think we're in a position to do
0: that. This is a question that maybe Kyler can answer better. But I am curious from your standpoint, as a father of four, and Kyler, a young guy coming into the NFL, you know, how have you mentored him in that role? As somebody who's you know significantly older, I won't say how much older, but significantly older, and yeah. you're in a different place in your life personally than he is.
1: Yeah, yeah, totally different. I, my next step was to have him come over and babysit so my wife and I can go out to dinner or something. <laughs> That's common. <laughs> yeah, we are in two totally different places, but it's very healthy, funny conversations go on. Like he never changed a diaper in his life. He doesn't know what I'm talking about. Um, you know, he still goes home and plays video games and is still young, right? But his maturity and his wisdom in the game is very high, and we have lots of great conversations. You know, he's captain on the football team. I think there's ways that we've been able to talk through things. How do you see this? What do you think I should do here? How should I handle this? All those things that I, I again, I just think it's been very healthy and productive. And after playing in the league for so long, I, I I'm happy about that because I I said this earlier, but I understand. The importance of having a good QB room, yep. Right, and the starter knowing that, like, hey, this guy's gonna see it. He's gonna help me. He's gonna be supportive. He's gonna be an extension of kind of like what I see and how I talk to and communicate to the coaches, to the receivers, and that. It's just been it's been productive and thankful to be in the position that we're in, and we just gotta stay
0: the course. In the Cleveland game, no Cliff Kingsbury and Cam Turner, so. I'm guessing you were more vocal than you normally are. Did you almost serve as quarterback coach in that game? And is coaching something that eventually you want to do? Because I could definitely see you doing
1: it. I was probably more nervous in that game than anybody, to be honest. Because Spencer did a great job, you know, calling the plays. And the good thing about that week is Cliff had the plan in. He was here all the way through Friday. So all the all the teaching, the walkthroughs, how he wanted to operate, all, that was all in. Right now, it's just we just got to call the plays. Um, and Spencer did a great job, but we would come out and I would have the call sheet. Spencer had we'd walk through like, what do you like here? What are you seeing? We burned through our red zone plays like in the first quarter because we we got turnovers down there. Like <laughs> we're, all of a sudden we're like down to like our last screen, but it was it was fun and and yeah, I was definitely what do you, if you want to call it coaching Kyler, I was suggesting some things to Kyler. You know, there was a couple times in that game where. You, you know who you're playing against, right? You're playing against Clowney. You're playing against Miles Garrett, guys who collapse the edge. They don't want you to move laterally, side to side. And early in that game, Kyler had a couple plays where he escaped, kind of out. And it's, it's hard to get around those guys. I mean, they're elite. And when when lanes were up and, you know, we got into the second half, he or, or no, we scored on a third and 19, and he, he moved up in the pocket, threw a strike to Christian for a touchdown. It's like, dang, I got, that worked. <laughs> you
0: know, like, great call. It was all coaching. <laughs> I, I, it's weird
1: for me to come in and say, Kyle you got to step up. you can't. You, we're not going laterally, right? Like, you, you, there's nothing out there. You move. And if it's not there, just run. You know. And third and nineteen from the throw, a touchdown. Like that was that was great, right? And he, you know, so that's not something I wouldn't normally say because our communication is like that. But you know, it's kind of magnified a little bit more when your quarterback coach is not there, your head coach is not there. The assistant Receivers coaches calling the plays, and you're kind of suggesting some things here and there. It's like, and when you suggest a play, you're just like, I hope this work. I I'm essentially calling this play. I hope it works, you know, and kind of holding your breath. Um, but it it was great. Like, it, once that game was over, I was more tired than ever because <laughs> you just mentally and like, you also had to be ready to play, right in those moments. So it was fun.
0: You've been around good coaches. I love Mac Brown got to know Mac a little bit when he was at ESPN, and now we were there for the Clemson game two years ago, I think it was, when they almost beat Clemson. And Mac is, like, the best. The and best. I, you know, has, how much of an impact has he had on you? And, again, let me – because he didn't answer, is coaching something that you think you want to do when you're done?
1: Mm-hmm. Maybe. You okay. know, I, my grandfather was a women's basketball coach and track coach for 41 years in college. My mom actually – was his point guard at one time for like 4 years really um at Ablin Christian uh, my dad played football at Ablin Christian and he was also a coach he was my high school coach um uh, i know coaching is sort of in my family um and so i i definitely am not shutting the door to that i think that could be part of my future for sure i do love the game i love studying it uh, you know there's so many good coaches here too cliff Jeff Rogers, who's so so smart situationally, situational football. You know, I learned a lot from him. Ask questions. Uh, Cam Turner's seen a lot. Like there, there's some there's some coaches here that just really good to bounce ideas off of, talk to. Like I, I, I see it the I see it the way they see it. And then playing from Coach Brown in college, um, I was there for five years. We won a lot of games. I'm fortunate to be on good teams there. Coach Brown sort of coached me just like my dad you know when my dad dropped me off he was like he's all yours he's ready <laughs> you know so talk to him like i would talk to him so he he never held back on me for sure but it, it was great i I learned a lot and and grew up a lot and thankful to have played with him and the staff that was there was pretty consistent the whole time i was there coach greg davis uh, so i i love all those guys um and i know that coaching you know, you ha- you have a chance to call plays and and win games and all that, but you also have a chance to be around football and be around guys and um, just the week to week in the process. I mentioned how much I love that. Uh, so and you could
0: do this for a long time. You could keep. I mean, being in a situation you're in with the Cardinals, you could do this for five yeah. more years. You got yeah, guys yeah. playing into their forties now. Yeah, I think
1: that's why I'm not like thinking about coaching that much because sure, I sure. still, you know, getting to play three games. All of a sudden, you just, you just feel like, man, I like. I really enjoyed that. You know, it's been a while, and you and, played
0: well, and you won.
1: Yeah, and we won. There's nothing better. Than, like losing sucks, at any level, but in the NFL, it's just it's just magnified, right? And winning is why we do it. It's fun. It's you know, there's a like plane rides home from division road games after a win, or just there's nothing you can't explain. It there's just nothing like it. And so, all those things are great, and and uh, but we'll see. I, I'm not gonna shut the door to it. I think, you know, you mentioned I have four kids, like. Football does require a lot of time, and, you know, part of my routine is I I try to do everything I can here. I get here early so I can go home and read books to my kids and bath time and bedtime. You know, that's important to me. So uh, just balancing all that is, you know, I'm I'm having the time of my life right now, and that's sort of I'm kind of type A. I just kind of focus on that and keep my sunshades on and not look
0: about, oh, what's going to happen in a couple years? But uh, it could happen. Why'd you pick the Cardinals? How did that come about? I heard a story that Sean McVay recommended you to Cliff. Somebody, I guess, had told you that story, and you didn't even know that? Is mm-hmm. that is that accurate? If Sean really wanted me, he could have come and got me.
1: <laughs> no, Sean is Sean is awesome. Sean's one of my best friends. I was with him in Washington for four years. Yeah. Kevin O'Connell, same way. Uh, really, really love those guys. They're super bright football. You know, I think that, that means a lot to me that, you know, Sean would – make a call for me or whatever I didn't really know you know two years ago I was contemplating retiring I missed a whole season because I had a broken leg and had like three surgeries and I just didn't feel right you know and then I sort of got healthy through COVID and worked really really hard to just try to feel right and give myself a chance to say if I want to play or not play anymore and ended up going to New York for a year and and, uh, played a couple games there Felt pretty good on my leg, like sort of kind of got revived a little bit and, and, you know, in the offseason had an opportunity to come here. I mean, free agency last year was tough for anybody unless you were, you know, an an elite, elite guy. And so I just – I had several opportunities, and I actually wanted to come here. I mean, you don't want to ever just show your cards. But my wife had a baby on March 30th, and Keim had called me like, probably a week before said hey we want you to come in on the 30th you know i'm out of town we've got all these covid protocols but we really want to host you we want to we want to bring you in and i was like all right you know let's play it by ear my wife you know she's pregnant we you know we the due date's like it was the due date was like april 5th or something like that i was like so i you know if something happens i'll keep you posted but i think that'd be great and there was a couple other teams calling me at the time wanted me to come before that cuz they knew that i was going to come out here on the 30th. And so all of a sudden the 30th rolls around and my wife's like, I think I'm having a baby. Like, I'm like, okay, well let's go. So she has the baby early in the morning, like 2 AM of the 30th. My flight leaves at like seven. So I don't bring it up and she has the baby. We're all excited. Everything's here. And she's like, what are you doing? You gotta go get on a plane. (laughs) I was like, no, it's like, I can't do that. She's like, no, I know you want to go to Arizona. Why don't you just, why don't you just go? Like, give me some time. I'm gonna stay here because you you couldn't have visitors. This is her fourth kid, so she's like, just let me have my space. I, I I'll just I can just rest. I'll give the baby to the nurses. She's a pro. She's you been can go this. and then come back. Like I know this is this is we all have been praying about this and we, we yeah. you know and so I did. I left. I went. I got to the airport. I didn't sleep. I slept on the plane. I got out here. They hosted me. It was great. I ended up signing flying back and just flew back and took the same uber back to the hospital and stayed there for another day and then went home and that's kind of you know so i I felt like it was the right thing the right moves kind of meant to be and i'm very fortunate to be here and uh, have loved this season and this team and the things that i've learned as a player the things i've learned as a person um, being around cliff and cam and our offense like i I, i'm just i'm in a good place
0: my occupation obviously is different than yours but Like this is my 20th year with the Cardinals. I got this job when I was 29. I was in such a different stage of life 20 years ago than I am now. I got the ESPN in 2003. I've been there 18 years, and when I got hired, like, you know, I was kind of like the up and comer, and they put me with some of the older veterans, and and then after time, I started working with a lot of the younger guys. I mentioned Greg McElroy. He was 28 when. they put him with me about six or seven years ago. And so my role has changed over time. I love it. I love all the people I get to work with, and I still get to work with people that are more established. And you know, I work NBA with Hubie Brown, He's 88. It's incredible what it's he's crazy. doing at his age. My question is, Have how do you embrace, because you were, again, great legend in Texas in high school at University of Texas. You go to the national championship game. And then in the NFL, high draft pick, third round starter, now your role has changed. How do you embrace kind of being a leader uh in the different stage of your career? I know you talked about that a little bit, I'm just wondering if you can go a little bit deeper on that one. Yeah,
1: I think when you're in college and you're starting and things are going great and you come to the NFL and you start for a couple different teams and you kinda of, it's kinda of, it's easy to be a leader at that. It's easy to be who you are and and you're kinda of the voice and Guys, listen to you. I think I've had a big transition of understanding the term leadership just by being the guy who's not on the field, right? The guy who's kind of behind the scenes. And um, I sort of see it as like the glue, right? You, you're talking to receivers. You're talking to linemen, coaches, Kyler. And you you do it all from the standpoint of you understand what it's supposed to look like, how Cliff wants it, how Kyler sees it. Um, and so I, I I enjoy that. Like I en- I enjoy – doing all that. It helps me learn the game. It helps me understand the game. It helps me relationships with guys on the team. But it's, it's different than when you're on the field and you are calling the plays and you're making the plays and you're leading the team. It's it two different roles, but in the same leadership category. And I went back to UT for a practice probably five years after I had graduated. And our practice fields at UT are named after this guy, Frank Denius, who's recently passed away, mentor of mine, um, very successful in life. But w- at 17, he stormed the beaches of Normandy, right? Kind of went and went enlisted. He was too young, but served our country. All, he's just a very, very... He was probably late 80s, maybe 90, when we were sitting there talking. And he asked me, he said, well, Cole, how, do you, well, how would you define leadership? And I'm sitting there thinking, like... <laughs> <laughs> I didn't do anything when I was 17, right? right? I was like and so I gave a few cliche answers, you know, encouraging, motivating, you know, doing the right thing all the time. And he was like, yeah, that's that's good, and you know. He said a leader is a man who can manage his own fears. And that's always stuck with me. So, whether I'm on the field playing, whether I'm off the field, talking and having conversations and working out and getting myself ready to play like i understand that having myself available and ready for any situation that comes up like managing myself i think allows me to operate in the role that i have whether i'm on the field or off the field
0: well listen it's it's clear the impact you've had on the organization on the field off the field mentoring others leading and I'm. I'm glad you're here. I know Cardinal fans are as well, man. It's been great to see what you've done the last few weeks on the field, and best of luck the rest of the way. Hey, thanks. Glad it. This was fun. Enjoyed it. From the delivery room to the conference room at the Dignity Health Arizona Cardinals Training Center, Colt McCoy signs a contract, and he told us he went to bed that night at like eight o'clock Arizona time because he was exhausted, had quite the twenty-four hours being there for his wife giving birth to their fourth child, and then flying here to sign a contract to play for the Arizona Cardinals. Great stuff. You can hear the humility, the professionalism, the maturity of Colt McCoy, and again, why he's had such a big impact on this franchise as a leader, but also as a player, winning two games and being a big reason The Cardinals were able to get through that time without Kyler Murray, without DeAndre Hopkins, and have the best record in the National Football League at 9-2. We are presented by BetMGM, the official sports betting partner of the Arizona Cardinals, and by Gila River Hotels and Casinos. You can follow along with us on Twitter, at PashPod. Thanks again to Cardinals quarterback Colt McCoy. I'm Dave Pash. We'll talk to you next week on the Dave Pash Podcast.